welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host, Thanks for joining me, my friends. I'm glad that you're here and I hope you're doing well and that your ministry is growing and that you are growing in your walk with the Father as well as a leader. You know, this episode is going to be sponsored by the KMCCoach.net. If you're wanting to grow a healthy ministry, you as a leader need some growth. Uh, The very best way to do that is to have someone challenging you, listening to you, and helping you see what's possible and that everything that God has implanted in you. And that's what KMC Coaching has done for a number of leaders. One recently leader told me, uh, I'm thankful for KMC Coaching because I felt like I was not enough, that I was constantly comparing myself to others, and that that I couldn't lead the team. But with Tom's help, I was able to create some new habits and a new mindset to take on some new initiatives. And my team's growing, and I'm excited about the future. You know, if you'd like to find out how KMC Coach works, just head over to kmccoach.net and schedule a free 30-minute call to learn how it can work for you. And if you mentioned that you heard it on the podcast, you'll even get an extra month of coaching for free. I like giving away free stuff, so that's cool. Now, let's jump into this week's discussion. It's going to be a fun one. You know, Children's Pastors Conference just happened not that long ago here in January 2023. And as many of you know, it is one of my top three Kidmin conferences. Um, And over the next few weeks and months, I'm going to be bringing on some different uh, breakout presenters and resource providers to share some of the topics and, and resources that they're passionate about. And I know they're going to help sharpen and equip you as ministry leaders. So this week, I wanted to bring right out of the gate, uh, fast and furious and fresh from CPC. Well, hopefully fresh from CPC. I think we're all feeling a little tired too. Um, But this week, I've got Hunter Williams and Stanley Mears. They led a breakout uh, with a group uh, together called Volunteer Leadership Interactive Think Tank. Whew, that's a mouthful. Um, but both these guys have been on the podcast before. So, hey, welcome back to the KMC, fellas. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, glad to be back. Awesome. All right. Well, you guys know the deal. We always start with a why question. So here comes yours. Why do you personally attend CPC? Hunter, you go first. Let me go first. All right. Yeah. So the reason I, I paused for a second was this was my first one. And I'm so glad I got to go because I've gone to some other Kidman conferences, but it just never worked with my schedule to go to CPC. So when I kind of found out last second I was going to go because I, I serve on staff with Awana, so I was going to go help them with their booth in the resource center. And last second, literally, we were talking about this before we jumped on. Uh, I got a chance to sign up to be a coach and then Stanley uh graciously invited me to be part of this breakout team and so uh man it was it was it went above expectations i really loved it and so in a roundabout way i guess you could say the why for me now if i was to go back would be to coach and connect with other leaders because not only did i get to coach but i felt like i was poured into just by the people i connected with that's awesome stanley what about you um for me, it's definitely uh, it's the people 
that you connect with. It's the INCM team that prays over you throughout the whole year. They call and actually check on you throughout the year. Uh, you you matter to them. Confetti culture isn't just a saying. They actually try to live it out. And so it kind of spills over from the leadership team to the people that are serving on the team to the attendees. And uh, that's the reason I go and attend is for the confetti culture and for the leadership team that really pours into me throughout the year. That's cool. Yeah. If they started calling it glitter culture, it's going to fall from grace for me because glitter is Satan's snot. So just saying it. I'm not glitter. It's confetti. Totally different. That's exactly right. That's why I said that. I'm okay with confetti, but I'm not good with glitter. Just saying. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway. All right. So you had the, you guys did this breakout. um, And I love that, that INCM has brought in more of these kind of uh, interactive breakouts. I got to host a, a, a think tank kind of breakout uh, a couple years ago. Loved doing it. It really does add a different dynamic than just having one person present a bunch of facts. But I love what you guys did. You got really creative with this one. Um, and your breakout was called, like I said, Volunteer Leadership Interactive Think Tank. Um, so tell us what it looked like and how did how did the, you guys get this idea? Uh, it started off with the idea. I had a chance to to talk to Mahogany. And she reached out to me and I said, I've been thinking about breakout sessions, but we all find volunteers. We all know there's finding the perfect volunteer, but how do you actually form a team, a team that lasts? Right. And I said, I'd love it if there's a way that we could have a, a Michaela or a Brian Dollar up there that's formed these teams that are just solid and we could pick their brains on how that happened. And they were busy doing other breakouts and uh, things. So as we talked about it, how could we actually take the people that attend CPC, <clears throat> gain the collective knowledge, and lead as a group on how to form a perfect team at your church? And what would that look like? So, you know, I love this idea because I like, like I said, I like the format. I like what you guys did, and we'll dive into that a little bit in, in a minute. But why do you think breakouts like this are needed at conferences like this? Because I don't think a lot of conferences are doing think tank kind of stuff. Um, it's a lot of one person lecture stuff, which is really old mm. school and it's time for some new things. And so I like this format, but why do you think breakouts like this are are needed? Uh, one reason I really liked it is it, it was even beyond just a panel discussion because a panel has like experts on a stage and you pick their brain. Right. This was, we had specialists in a particular aspect of forming a team facilitate conversation. So really the presenters of the breakout were the crowd, uh, were the attendees. And we right. just facilitated that. And one thing I really like about that is I think for a while, you know, when you look at these conferences, you want to have the big names that speak, you want to have the gurus, but it kind of flipped that and said, you know, these leaders that are here, they're the practitioners. They're the faithful boots on the ground people um, that have so much wisdom they've collected over the years of hard work that's just waiting to be tapped into. And so I love this type of breakout because it provides a space kind of to unearth uh, this untapped wisdom from fellow leaders who are in the trenches. So that's why I loved it. So when Stanley told me the idea, I was sold. I was ready for it. <laughs> it allows the people to have a voice. And a lot yeah, of times yeah. we- they don't have a voice in their own church. They don't have a seat at the table. They get overlooked. Uh, the majority of our our at our people we're aiming for is women. So there's about 63% women, uh, 34% guys. And so even in a lot of churches, that's overlooked. Mm-hmm. And 
to give them voice and say, your, your voice matters with the Holy spirit inside of you matters. We know what God's doing with you. So we become better. Yeah. How do you, that's golden. You can't, you can't really trade that for anything. Yeah. Well, I like the think tank concept and, and uh, I've been a part of a couple of those in some other conferences and I like the fact that, like you just said, everybody in the room's participating. They're not spectating. Um, and and we're, you know, that's part of what the Kid Ministry Collective is all about. We're better together. We're better as a collective. Um, and we all have a voice. And sometimes I admit, um, you know, as, as a conference junkie, I'm tired of seeing the same people on the stage. You know, um, I've heard their voice. And it's not that they're, they don't come up with good, fresh messages, but I want to hear from some new people. I want to hear some new voices. So I loved that you did this. Now you guys hit some, some specific topics towards volunteer leadership, but what specifically did you cover in this think tank? Uh, here's what we did. First of all, um, mahogany said, I got to choose my team and <laughs> I, that's made me excited. So I kind of pictured ace of cakes. I don't know if you ever saw the TV show or enough, uh, but on the intro Dove says, I got the best out there. I chose my friends and it's people that I've actually seen in ministry. And I said, these are the people I want because they have a heartbeat for, for the people. And some of them were even chosen to do breakouts or make it in time. And he gave them a platform. So we covered topics on how do you create the perfect team? So we covered, how do you walk alongside and trek and bring on people and walk through the process of being a leader, the environment of your church E and what's that environment look like? And that's not only the physical environment, but also the spiritual and emotional environment. Mm -hmm. And then A is assessment. What do you assess as new Gen Z culture? And then M, it was hunters, is phenomenal. It's about molding. How do you mold people and disciple them to help them become more like Jesus? Because God's entrusted them to us as leaders, those right. volunteers. So how are we going that discipleship process with them? Excellent. All right. Well, let's, I want to dig into some of this because I, I think this is going to be really helpful for people. So we're going to take a look at some of these um, about recruiting, training, and retaining. Um, so let's, let's talk about this recruiting idea. What was one of the two of the insights um, that you guys gathered from this section? Um, what was the top, the conversation like? Obviously this is probably one of the number one issues. Uh, the survey I did in the KMC, it was the number one issue that was causing stress in leaders' lives right now. So what insights did you pull from, from the group in the, in the room? Yeah, there was a lot of great interaction. And what was really neat about this is, you know, we had our four stations and we had, we divided the group, the attendees into four different groups and every, you know, 10 minutes they rotated and we got to hear a different group share their thoughts on these different aspects of recruiting, training, retaining, and even just looking at some of the answers we we jotted down, there was a lot of good ones. So um, just a couple that came to my mind was um, using a tailor-made ask. And what we meant by that was a lot of times recruiting can happen with like a, a vague general call to serve in children's ministry from a platform or something. And there's ne not necessarily anything wrong with that. But there's a difference when you do a personal ask, but not just a personal ask where you do it face-to-face -face or whatever, but to make it tailor-made, yeah. where you consider that person's characteristics, when you consider their gifting and want to apply it to a specific place in the ministry, because that does a few things. It, it shows that 
you care about that person because you notice things about them. Yes. But it shows that you actually see them specifically being a fit for your ministry. It's not just a anyone come. It's a no, you know, you know what, Susan? I, I notice that you're really good at this or that you have a passion for this. And that's such a perfect fit for this area in our ministry. And I think you would be great for it. So the tailor-made ask I thought was such a great insight. And then another one was consider your messaging in recruiting. So I've seen this before where it almost is like the sinking ship message where it's going under, it's like a, it's like a sad crisis. I'm so it's desperate. Like you, yeah. It's the desperation. You know, it's like, if you don't join and help us, it's, it's all going to go downhill. But what if you changed your messaging because no one wants to join a sinking ship. Uh, but what if you changed your messaging to a joyous vision instead of a, sa a sad crisis yes. where it's not just it's not a if you don't join, we're going to burn. It's like you don't want to miss what's happening here. Right. Invite them to a greater story, a greater vision that, man, this is changing things. And so yes. um, I think that kind of messaging can perk people's attention because uh, people tend to avoid disasters. So if you present a disaster, <laughs> you probably aren't going to get people. <laughs> That's oh yeah. And also I can know the job description on what they're gonna be getting into and what mm -hmm. the end result is. How do they know if they're gonna get a win? Right. And they're right. showing up. But I think um one thing we also forget to do at times, we get in that desperation mode and just trying to feel people that it's okay to live in tension for a while and that that stress until you find the Holy Spirit moving in somebody and seeing the talent in their life yeah. and plugging them in the right spot. Because if you don't you end up with more of a nightmare and more stress than oh, if you just waited. Absolutely. Boy, I've, you know, <laughs> I've made that mistake um, that I recruited out of desperation, put, put a body. I, oh, you got a pulse? Come on into children's ministry. Uh, and it was a nightmare. And well, they, they don't last. They burn out. They, they fade out um, and they're not dependable. Yeah. Um, wholeheartedly um i just in a kmc coaching session uh, a couple weeks ago this is what we went over with the leader um was i want you to create the job description i want you to pray about who who would fit that what spiritual gifts do they need what kind of temperament to fit that age group of group of kids and then you're going to go and target them and say hey look i've got a group of kids that needs you um and you will be a perfect fit for them and you're going to love them they're going to love you um they're already seeing success from that approach. So I know that works. I can testify that works um, and it's powerful. So, all right. So we've recruited now we, what well, now we've got them now, what uh, we got to train them. So what was something, maybe something new that the group came up with? I'm really curious. seems like we've got a lot of old stuff around. I'd love to come up with something new. Um, I like new. So what would you guys come up with um, when it comes to, to training? Uh, the first one that came to my mind that I've just been thinking about personally is not just thinking through how do I train my volunteers, but how do I train trainers to train my volunteers? Like so that. finding those high capacity volunteers who are masters at certain aspects of your ministry, whether it's teaching small groups or whatever, and empowering them to train in those areas. So not, not the... So not all of the burden of training falls on you. Yes. Um, so I like the idea of training the trainers, um, kind of spreading the load of training because that empowers people to rise up. For sure. And then um, I've even just thought about 
uh, and this was mentioned in some of the discussions too, was how do you streamline your onboarding process? So you can recruit someone, but how do you streamline the onboarding process? And I think there's a good mix of pre-recorded stuff. Um, that a lot of ministries now, like I know Lifeway or Planning Center, others, they have pre-recorded training things that could be used across the board. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's some of these more tedious points that you don't get as excited to teach about. So maybe you can have those covered in a video and then have an in-person element where there's Q&A and you cover more of your passion points. And so using that mix of virtual and in-person training, I think could find a sweet spot for people because what can happen when you do a mix of both is it can shorten your training, but still have an amazing level of impact because you're not having to try and cover everything all at once, but you can do it um, in pieces over time. Right. Um, If you're doing a training, I know I personally have done two a year in the fall, you do it as a kickoff for the school system and what, when the Sunday school kicks off and what's it like to be a teacher. And then in the springtime, you have one more, but it's over the theme for the church for that year, different teaching styles, different fun ways to go about. And then you theme it out. Like we had a potato head party one year and had potato chip bar. And we did a coffee bar one time and not everything is your perfect flavor, but it's the same cup and the same coffee that's in the cup. So, but I think it's that personal relationship with your volunteers, taking them to lunch, hearing their hurts, walking through life with them that helps them stay in and retain Um, a virtual library came about and then um, planning center. But I like, I like modeling. So if you have a new person come on board and it's say, Hey, I want you to come on board. I want you to pray about it, but I want you to take it for a test drive. We always want to take something for a test drive. Yep. I want you to go through a four week process. The first week, I just want you to go in this class and observe the next week. I want you with this other teacher that's in there. I want you to take on one aspect of whatever that is. Then I'll you take on a different aspect the third week. And on the fourth week, I want you to take it full force and let the other teacher kind of observe you and watch and see how you like it. And then after that month, let's have a conversation and see, is this a fit for you? Is this where you want to be? Or is it somewhere else? Because we want them in the right spot where they feel the right. Holy Spirit on them. Right. I love it. I love it. I think, I think training we we feel like sometimes people aren't available for it, but we can't discount. You know, there's lots of vehicles. There's lots of ways to training from in-person, one-on-one, to doing it over coffee with a couple, to to doing the video training, um, you know, using text message, using short videos, uh, and sending out. I think that's, that's fantastic. All right, so the retain. Um, you know, obviously, you know, rec- recruitment should be going consistently. You should never be just a once-a-year thing. You should be consistently doing it. But retaining volunteers is critical, um, making sure that we're we're doing um, what we need to do. So, what did some of the leaders there in the room come up with when it when it's uh, comes to this idea of retaining volunteers? Now, um, there was a, a lot of really clever ideas, unique ideas, um, but then just really simple ones. And one that was kind of simple, but I think could have long term success is doing like a shout out of the week or like a person of the week. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they were the employee of the month, but it's just, you're picking someone every week or every month, however you want to do it. And, but the amount of effort you put into that could be what makes it so special. You know, talking about the reasons why that person is amazing at what they do, the specific ways they serve in the ministry. And that shout out can be on social media. It can be on stage, um, however you want to do it. But I think having a consistent rotation of celebration 
is a way yeah. to retain leaders. And there's so many ways you can approach it, but that was just the first one that came to mind that someone shared. Something that uh, they also shared and I liked was, I guess two, one was you, you let them know there it's not forever. There's an end time. <laughs> so you can just stay for one year. And then you go back in the end of the year saying, Hey, you've given me the one year commitment. We pray about staying on our team. Mm-hmm. So let them know there's, there's an end time to it. Yes. And uh, the second thing was, and I didn't see him did this for us. And I thought it was golden because I, I, I'd forgotten about it. But as soon as they come on, you hand them a sheet of paper of their favorite things, like a snack, a card, or what, what, what's something that they appreciate that's small. And then you have that sheet on every volunteer. So maybe once a quarter, man, you hand them a package of M&Ms because it's their favorite thing. Yep. And they're like, man, they actually thought about me. Well, yeah, we did. And you gave it to us. But it's taking that time to actually make it happen. Yes. Yeah. And in retaining it, just spending those little bits to to take care of leaders um, does pay off. And yes, I love the idea of, hey, look, you're not you don't have to sign in blood till and say, I'm going to serve till Jesus comes, you know, or, you know, I'm going to break out in hives or something. I don't know. Um, you, you don't have to, you know, we don't want to force people into thinking that, it, you know, this is a life sentence. Um, but giving them that opportunity, um, because some people need a season off, um, you know, it's good to give leaders a break and let them have a sabbatical season for, for a year. Um, so I like that. Cause I do think that keeps teams healthier, uh, over the long haul. So when you guys got into talking about environments now, this isn't just, I'm assuming physical environment. So what, tell us a little bit about what that was and what insights did you pick up? Uh, from the group on on this area of of uh, the breakout, uh, this was a hard one, Tom, uh, because they didn't know how to respond to it. They haven't given this one a ton of thought. Mm, interesting. So, it, but when they finally got into it, it's like it's a trustworthy space. It's a place and team I can actually grow with spiritually because some when they serve with you, they don't get to go to a church or to a small group because they're giving you your time to children's ministry. Mm-hmm. So how can you make it a spiritual environment as well? And maybe a team environment so they're not in their own silo. So that it had to kind of re-question a little bit to, to get them to open up, but they had they had more difficulty with this one is what I saw. Interesting. Yeah, from uh, the feedback we got on it, it took them a while to realize, you know, because a lot of this is about culture. Uh, maybe that's another word you could put here is culture. And them really having to think through what culture is. And, um, and I, it even got me thinking about culture, you know, cause culture really is about shared values. Yes. And so, uh, you know, for leaders, they have to think through, well, how do we develop values? And I love what, I think it's Greg Groeschel. I can't remember who says this, but he talks about how, um, values are made by what you promote and by what you guard, mm-hmm. um, and by what you allow. And right. so that means you can have values that you desire for your ministry, but they may not be your actual values because there's certain things that become part of your culture just because you've allowed them to happen. Right. And so um, I think this was a good one to get people to sit down and think through, okay, here's what we would like for our culture to be, but is it is that what it actually is? Mm-hmm. And um thinking through, so what type of culture am I promoting by the things I say, the things I do, the things I allow, the things I guard. 
And so, um, yeah, it, the more you sit on that, that topic, there's a lot that can come out of it. And I think it was by the time they really, it was really clicking is when we'd have to shift a lot of times, <laughs> but, um, but there were some good things shared. A lot of people shared what they were, what they desired. Now, how they get to those desired values is another thing, but, um, yeah, I know one time for the culture and for the environment, it was physical though. So I asked the teachers, man, what would it kind of improve? I said, well, the children's area is so far over here and the coffee's on the other side of the church. Can we have a coffee area just for us? Absolutely. So if one teacher needed a break, they'd go get a cup of coffee real quick and then go back. So it's a little niche in the children's area just for the workers. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, there. I, I was, Stanley and I were talking off air about this the other day of how environment and culture are two things that mostly, you know, we're so focused on recruitment that these two areas are really, really super important to actually recruiting, training and retaining people. And, you know, it's just like, you know, a lot of, I served in a church where, oh, everybody arrives late. I don't like that culture one bit. Um, My team has always known my saying as early as on time, on time is late. we made that part of our, that was one of the things that I valued. I've always valued start on time, end on time. Um, when I, when I do meetings, when I do trainings, my team knows I'm going to start on time and I'm going to end on time early, if even possible. Um, because again, early is on time on time is late. Um, so I would rather end my meetings five minutes early because then I'm on time. Um, and, and I try to live that out and I try to model that, but then I also model that with, my teams as far as, Hey, I want you to arrive early. I want you to be ready. I want you to be prepared to meet kids. I don't want visitors walking in and seeing an empty room because that communicates. We're not prepared for your child. We don't value you. Um, and people don't seem to think about some of that stuff. Um, they also don't look about, Hey, what's our building smell like? Um, do you smell diapers coming down the hallway? That's not a good thing. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you guys got some of this, but I do think leaders need to sit on these, those two things. What is your culture? What do you accept? What are you allowing? Those are good one, Hunter. Um, I like that, uh, because if you accept it as well, we're always a late arriving church, you know, I'm sorry. Um, you know, we started shifting some of that in our church. I'll say one more thing about this. this isn't even my breakout. So sorry. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's our breakout. It's a thing. But, but yeah, I, I do, you know, and this is what I coach people on. As we, I've coached senior leaders on this one. That look, if you value starting on time, then start up. Make, you know, once people start missing something at the very beginning of your services, they'll show up on time um, because they just miss something. Um, and I don't apologize for starting on time. I just don't, um, you walk in and we're already going, oops, well, you know, you just missed the first, the best, most exciting part of the service. And sometimes anyway, all right, <laughs> so let's keep moving. Cause we got a couple more things I want to cover. So then you guys got into this idea of, of this next generation and understanding what Gen Z leaders are and how that affects and impacts the ministry, because these people are coming up, they're raising up um, in, in ministry and leadership. And there's a whole new dynamic. You can't just keep doing the things you've always done. Um, so what insights did you pull from this and what, it, what was shared uh, about this? I'm really curious about this part. Okay. Before Hunter starts answering, I need to share real quick. One, the other three that are apart were uh, Lisa Walker, 
Malia Warren, and then Matthew Haynes. And Matthew was the one that led this discussion. He's the youngest of of the the five of us. And on top of that, he's worked with Andy Stanley's churches and been a part of his team that usually looks at the next generation. And he brought a lot of good insight and questions to it that I hadn't even thought of. And so to watch him blossom and to be on that platform was, was just golden for me. And so I'm going to let Hunter take over for now. Yeah, he did a great job facilitating this, this portion of the breakout and uh, man, you want to talk about a lot of answers. We got a ton for this. People just, and it's a mixed bag, right? And we do this with every generation. We look yeah. at the good, the bad of a generation. And that can be helpful because you think of the the good things that a generation has that they can bring to the table when they step up in leadership. You know, one thing that came out with Gen Z is it's probably one of the most inclusive generations to ever come up. They're more aware of diversity and things. And we said, Hey, that could be helpful in a lot of areas. Thinking, going back to recruiting, they may think to recruit people we never would have even considered because right. their their minds are wired for for that. Um, so we looked at that. We also talked about how you know they've grown up in the digital age, and that comes with pros and cons. Pro is they're more savvy to these things than some of us are at out the gate, but the downside is is also having to coach them to see the benefits of real in-person tactile approaches to ministry because you mm. need that. Yes. And so, um, so there was a lot that went with this. You know, we talked about how it, some people think when they think of Gen Z, they think like, oh, they're self-entitled. Now that could be true, but also that's true of a lot of other generations too. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but one, one thing we talked about was Gen Z is big into self-care, not, you know, really caring for themselves. I think you know, millennials were known as being aware of their mental health. Well, following generations are even more aware of right. their mental health and state. And so, you know, they could bring some insight into, hey, when are we going over our boundaries here? When are we leading to burnout? When are we overworking ourselves? So in one sense, Gen Z can help maybe bring some balance to other generations who are just workhorses, um, almost to a fault maybe sometimes. Um, and then one thing we talked about in, you know, as we're training up Gen Z is to make sure that we're asking for their opinion, even though they're young, even though we're trying to teach them a lot of things, uh, they love to have their voice heard. Yes. And when we can include them in meetings, when we get their feedback on things, one that makes them feel appreciated, but two, they may just say something that was totally off our radar. That's helpful. And so a lot of a lot of good insights. I mean, we had like two pages full of stuff from this this Gen Z section. Wow. But um, it's good to think through. I'm glad we just even had it as a topic because if you're not thinking about upcoming leaders you're going to train, you're going to start behind. And so mm. you need to be thinking now about those who are going to be stepping in your place. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Obviously, I'm going to have to get Matthew on the podcast to talk about that. I just made a note. Uh, he, yeah. We're going to have to get him in here. Um, Do it. Yeah, this has really fascinated me lately, especially being in what I, you know, I people are starting to pick up my term. I love it because um, I, I used to say, you know, ministry veteran, but I don't like that because um, that sounds more like I'm battle worn. Um, I just like <laughs> being a seasoned leader um, that I've gone yeah. through a seasoning process um, and I'm growing. But my mentor and coach um, has always told me, find find a couple people ahead of me, um, but also find a couple people behind me. 
and let them speak into my life and into my world. Um, Not me as a mentor to them, but me as a learner, let me follow them. Um, And that's something I've been trying to work on lately um, is finding some younger leaders that I can hang out with and picking their brain about their view of ministry and the challenges we have because they have, they've pushed me to think about, huh? Yeah, you're right. And that's why I think I've been more prone to saying, okay, we've done this forever like Mm -hmm. this. How can we break this and change it? Because it's not working. Um, and, and there's a lot of models. Um, I, I, I'm, I keep telling people, you know, give yourself permission to work, work your own model. Um, we're working models from the 1970s and sixties, um, in, in the church and it's time for us to get out of that. So I'm, yeah, this is, this is a topic that needs more digging. Um, there's, (laughs) there's diamonds here, um, for sure. But us older leaders, seasoned leaders, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) um, we need to pick some of the Gen Z brain and, and we need to learn. Um, we need to ask questions and we need to have, let them push us out of our comfort zones. Um, because I think that could be a huge game changer when it comes to recruiting, to programming, um, mm. yeah, to health, soul care. Um, I definitely think, um, that, that would be a good shift for us for sure. Um, yeah. so, so tell me, you know, what, what insights did you get? Cause I think this was your area about the molding of volunteers and pouring into them. Cause this is another area that I think personally leaders don't do enough of. Um, mm. We assume people are too busy um, and we assume that they're not interested in discipleship of themselves. But I think that's, that's a lie. The enemy's given to us. So I like this. I want to hear more of, of this part of what would you gain from, from listening and learning uh, about molding volunteers and pouring into them spiritually? Yeah, there's so much I could say here, because this was my topic and I was very passionate about it. And our conversations just seem to go by way too quick when, when we would come to them. But, um, you know, we, we tackled a few different questions and with each group, we start off just by recognizing you know, these volunteers you have, if you're expecting them to pour into your kids, they need to be poured into themselves. If you're expecting them to disciple your kids, they need to be discipled themselves. Because in fact, uh, if your leaders are running on empty, not only is it a detriment to them, but it's a detriment to your kids, to your ministry as a whole. So this needs to be paramount because if you miss how you're molding your leaders, it also will affect how you're molding your kids. Yes. And so um, we, we tackled a few different questions. So one I asked out the gate was, how do you gauge spiritual growth and maturity in your volunteers? Mm. And because if, if you don't have a way of measuring it, you don't know how your leaders are doing. So how are you gauging maturity and growth in your leaders? And man, we got so much good insight Two that just come off the top of my head. Uh, someone said, seeing how well they respond to coaching and correction. Ooh. If they respond well, they're maturing. If they always mm-hmm. take it personal, they still have some growth to do. Um, another one someone said was, if they take the initiative when needs arise, meaning they don't wait to be told what to do when needs come up, they take the initiative. And so um, just a lot of things there. And I would encourage your listeners, think through how are you measuring your leader's growth and maturity? And one obvious thing with that is you have to know your leaders. 
to be in order to gauge their maturity and growth. And so there's a, a level of uh, interpersonal relationships there and things like that. Um, another another question I asked was, what do you believe are hindrances to healthy discipleship in your team? And what can you do to overcome those obstacles? That's really good. And uh, a lot of things came up for what hindrances are to healthy discipleship. Uh, everyone said busy schedules, like you said. Mm-hmm. Too busy, can't make time for it. And so we said, well, how do we tackle that? You know, and some of that means removing unnecessary busy work or simplifying our ministry so that we have more room in the margins to prioritize caring for them. Um, You know, we talked about uh, having a clear vision for the ministry because vague vision always leads to frustration every time. If leaders don't understand the why behind every what that takes place in the ministry, it can lead to frustration, burnout. Um, it could even stunt their growth because they see their ministry as just checking boxes instead of, man, this thing I do, this is the result it brings. And um, so there's there's a lot of good that came out of that. And then someone even mentioned, you know, um, a lot of times, and this is sad, but it's true just because we get so caught up in the busyness of ministry is that a lot of our communication with volunteers is very task oriented and, you know, having consistent communication that isn't related to tasks at all, uh, that has no agenda behind it, but it's just communication that's about God and caring for your leaders. Yeah. And so, um, so that, that was that question. And then the last question we covered was what can you do to ensure that you and your team stay committed to growing together? What are you doing to ensure? So this is like an accountability question because we can have all these great answers at CPC, but I wanted to ask them, how are you going to ensure that you're going to put this into place when you leave this conference? And so they talked about, you know, presenting goals to hire leadership, to their their co-laborers, to volunteers and asking that leadership, hey, can you keep me accountable to caring for my volunteers spiritually? Um. Another thing that a leader said that I thought was really brilliant was he said, start small. A lot of times we can try to implement too much too soon when it comes to this. And he said, hey, just start small. Pick one thing that you want to do to help your leaders grow and master that thing and then implement another thing. Because spiritual growth is a long game. If we try to grow a tree overnight, that's not going to happen. So we just need to do the small steps that lead to long-term growth. And then um, the last tidbit we had right when we closed the conversation was schedule very specific dates and times when you will put thought and energy into this. If you don't get it on the calendar, it won't happen. So you say, hey, Thursdays from this time to this time, that's when I'm going to put thought, energy, care, and practices to how I'm going to help my leaders grow spiritually. Because if you don't find ways to keep it a priority, it's just not going to happen because you get too busy trying to just juggle all the tasks of uh, children's ministry. And so get it on the calendar, make it specific and make it a priority. And so that's just a little snapshot of a few things we talked about in that section. Well, man, that's, that is some really good insights. And, and I think you asked some really good questions and I hope that um, the listeners will really, t- I hope they've written these down. If not replay it, write this stuff down, because these are good things to th- think through, um, you know, because this is critical. I th- honestly, I think this is part of retaining, um, 
because it shows people you truly care. And if you're recruiting people as a, hey, this is an act of discipleship, you're getting to use your spiritual gifts and pouring into children, then you're modeling that and and you're helping them grow. And um, to me, that makes that makes what they're doing even more important. Um, and and it's not just I'm babysitting. Um, I'm a body filling a spot. So I love how this communicates such value to people. And I think right there, that that's such a huge thing I wish more leaders would focus on because I think you would see less fallout. You'd see less people quitting. If you've got somebody, it's harder to leave a family when somebody really is connected to you. Um, you know, it's not so easy right. to walk away from. Um, and so I, I just think that's, those are some powerful ins- That's a whole nother podcast, dude. Um, yeah, <laughs> it really is. Oh man. Um, well, unfortunately Stanley had to step out. Um, so we're going to wrap this up with, with, with just you, but I want to ask what's, what was your biggest takeaway, um, from this, from this breakout, what are, or maybe a couple of them since Stanley can't answer, you get to get multiple ones. Yeah. And, you know, as I think of the whole thing, I just think of the breakout in general and how we need more avenues for conversations like this, because that breakout was an hour and we scratched the surface. I mean, we could have given an hour to each of those topics Mm -hmm. and, you know, it ended and I was thinking, man, I wish I could have written down everything that was said, or I wish I could have learned more from this one person that was talking. And so it's even got me wanting to find ways, even in my local community, to have more conversations like this. You know, I do a a monthly hangout. I live in Chattanooga and I do a monthly hangout of children's ministry leaders in this area. And it just makes me want to learn from them more because like we said in the beginning, there's so much untapped wisdom that we don't hear because we're not willing to ask, hey, what's your thoughts on this? Right. And I think one thing I've learned is leaders have to always have a humble posture of a learner because you can get to a point where you think, oh, I've either I've led for so long or my ministry is so great that there's nothing I can learn from. And one thing I've learned from these hangouts is that um, there's guys in there who are brand new to kids ministry, but the ideas they're bringing, the things they're saying, I'm taking notes and I'm supposed to be the guy that's like leading these things. And so you know, whether someone's new, they might be recognizing things in the Kidman space you're not, or you might have a seasoned leader, like you say, who has this wealth of wisdom that we should be eager to learn from. Yeah. So uh, whichever way you take it, I think we need more avenues like this, not mm-hmm. just at conferences, but I would encourage your listeners, get a tribe around you um, yes. where you get together consistently and I would even say do it across denominations, you know, yep. find ways to to just tap into this wisdom of people who week in and week out are just living this ministry out. And they've gained so many practical tips and insights that you could right. benefit from. Yes. So that would be my biggest takeaways. I want to see more stuff like this because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, um, one of the things we're going to start launching in the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group is to have some Zoom meetups for this kind of this kind of purpose. Um, nice. My my team and I we've been talking about some new things that we're going to be bringing. Uh, we're calling them KMC conversations. 
Uh, and, and we're going to be doing some that will be, we're going to Facebook live conversations like what we're doing here, recording the podcast, but we're also going to be doing some zoom meetups, um, for the whole purpose of just diving into some of these kind of things. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to be recording them so that people can, can gain from them and, and take notes. And we're going to try to do a good job of taking some of the notes and, and coming up with some things, because again, I just feel like. God is God has presented a, a, something inside of me that says there's new things out there that the church needs to embrace and grab onto, um, and this is a new season. We're living in a post-pandemic world. Um, we're living in a post-Christian world in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Culture has changed dramatically, and the church is behind. Um, and it's time to jump in the speedboat and get off the freighter. Um, <laughs> you know. And, you know, a freighter, it takes them like a mile to turn around, but a speedboat, you can do it in, in yards. Um, and I just feel like we as leaders need to get in the speedboat and we need to do some some turns um, and we need to look at some new things. So I think having a, a vehicle like this, um, these think tanks, um, like I said, I'm hoping INCM does more of these. Uh, I definitely would love to be in on a couple of them. Um, because it's, it just, this is what floats my boat. This is what gets me going. Um, yeah. I love getting around a community of people and brainstorming and dreaming and thinking what if, um, and why can't we, I love asking those questions. Why can't we do that? Um, because there's a lot that can come out of it. So very cool. Well, man, I'm, I'm bummed. I missed being in the room. Um, but, uh, uh, I'm glad you guys did this. I hope that people walked away from that breakout, uh, inspired and encouraged. And like you said, find a tribe and start digging in um, and yeah. asking some of these questions. You'll only get better for it. Um, right. there, there's no doubt about it. So, well, Hunter and Stanley, um, I appreciate you guys coming back on the podcast and sharing this with us and look forward to getting you both back on uh, either together or separate. Um, this was a lot of fun and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. This was, I always enjoy coming on the show to talk all things Kidman leadership and uh, just thankful for the ministry you're doing for children's ministry leaders. I think it's, it's, it's good work. Well, my pleasure. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your friendship. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Take a moment, uh, invite somebody to listen, subscribe if you haven't. Um, and if you haven't joined the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, come on and join. Don't forget to answer all the questions. It's amazing. I say this every episode. It's amazing how many people as a leader don't want to follow the directions. And there's people out there that have tried to join and they they get a thing saying, Hey, sorry, you got to answer all the questions. So do it. We'd love to have you part of our collective. Um, like I said, don't miss the KMC conversations. They're going to be starting up here real soon. Uh, we're going to have a blast with those. I'm super excited about it. So take care my friends. Don't give up. Keep going. This generation desperately needs Jesus. And I wanted to let you know, I'm here for you. Just reach out. Stay tuned for another episode of the kids ministry collective podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. 
We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.